Okay. Welcome everyone to Cocktails and Killers. I believe this is episode four. Is that right? Yes. I'm Lena. I'm Heather. And tonight, I'm so excited. We're (laughs) going to talk about Nanny Doss. You may know her as the Giggling Granny, among other names, but I'm really excited for this because she is totally batshit crazy. So... (laughs) excited i haven't looked a whole lot into her i was actually watching a uh, story on her today a little bit but i didn't get to finish it so. oh well if anyone is listening and you haven't seen a picture of her i think you should google her because she looks just like what my mama ruby looked like except really yes like little pudgy just but no, my mama had gray hair and nanny didn't but just this little round plump of a grandma that you can just With see. This friendly little face. Yes, just, I, I've never seen a picture of her not smiling either. Smiling, just, I can just see her in the kitchen just whipping up pancakes and maybe without the rat poison, but, <laughs> like, she just looks so cute and so sweet. It's just so weird to think of all the craziness she did. Yeah. So, she was actually born... Her name, real name, was Nancy Hazel. She was born on November 4th in 1905 in Blue Mountain, Alabama. Now, I don't think Blue Mountain even exists anymore. Really? Yes. It has since changed names, and I knew the name of it, but now I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) But her parents' names were James and Lou Hazel, and Nanny was one of five children. So, there were four girls and only one boy. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and you know, I've looked up, tried to figure out where she fell in the lineup mm-hmm. as far as oldest, youngest or whatever. And I've never been able to find that. Um, so if anybody can or has found that, you can shoot us a message on our Instagram and let us know just because I'm curious because sometimes I think birth order plays a part in a some of this in, stuff. Yeah. Yes. So that, to me, that would be, um, very interesting to find out. Hmm. Kind of like everyone else, her father was very, very controlling and strict. He wouldn't even really allow them to attend school. It was very sporadic. Really? Yes. So I had heard like he wouldn't let them wear makeup. He wouldn't let them go to dances Mm -hmm. with their friends. But I didn't know that. Yeah. He wouldn't even let them go to school. No, he wanted them to stay home and work on the family farm. I don't exactly know what age it was, but Nanny was actually much older when she actually even learned to read. Um, Yeah, so they, like you said, they couldn't wear makeup. He wouldn't allow them to wear what he called, quote, attractive clothing. No friends that were boys. Burlap sacks. (laughs) Basically, I guess their mom made their clothes out of burlap sacks. And he had this fear that they would be molested or would have this rebellious, I, I mean, just... Like they he was would, just they would just go wild. Yes, basically. And I mean, for all of his efforts it didn't really work out. That never works. No, it, it doesn't. Anybody I have ever known 
that was raised with really insanely strict mm-hmm. parents that did not allow them to do anything. I mean, the minute they were out of the house, they went wild. They're always going to rebel. Yeah. When Nanny was seven, her and her family took a train and they were traveling to southern Alabama to visit some family. So they're on the train. They're in their seats. The train comes to a screeching halt. Nanny is thrown, hits her head on a metal bar on the seat in front of her. She's knocked out. And this takes me back to Ramirez. To Ramirez. That was yes. the first thing I thought of. Yes. I heard about this earlier in mm-hmm. the thing I was watching. And that was the first thing my mind went to was she had a head injury. The same, yes. you know, the way Richard Ramirez And at a one. young age. She mm-hmm. was only seven. So, and it, you know, even like her family said, years after this, she suffered random blackouts, which to me, that would indicate maybe seizures. You know, Possibly. back then, maybe they think, didn't yeah. know what to call it. Because, I mean, we're talking this is... Not even, you know, 1920s. Yeah, probably you know? not even then. So, you know, they may not have known what to call it. Um, so she would have these random blackouts, severe headaches, and then she went on to suffer what they called a severe depression, which is, for a kid, it's kind of a big deal, you know. Yeah. Despite all of the efforts of the dad to try and keep his daughters locked away or hidden from the world from men... Nanny was actually raped by multiple local what? men mm-hmm, before she was even 16. Yep. Oh God. Before the age of 16. I tried to find out more about her sisters and if they went through the same thing, but, uh-huh. you know, I couldn't really... I, there just wasn't just not a, a lot about there's them. There's not a whole lot of information about them out there. But I would imagine if Nanny suffered that, maybe they did too. It's a good possibility. You know, I don't know. I just couldn't find much about it. So, during this time, Nanny developed a hobby. (laughs) She loved to read her mom's romance novels and magazines. And she would sit and dream of her own romantic future. Okay. And if we know men... They're not going to deliver. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's not a fairy tale. No, she no. was in for a rude awakening. <laughs> Later on in life, she would become an avid reader of the Lonely Hearts column, which was in local newspapers like across the U.S. at that time. Yeah, I'd seen something where she like had become obsessed with this idea of romance. Yes, yes. You know, and- she thought it was going to be. A fairy tale. A fairy tale. And, you know, then, yeah, she got married and it was not what she expected. much to Nanny's chagrin, she wasn't... I feel like she had, like, that stamp on her forehead that's, like, loser magnet. You know? (laughs) Some girls just have that. (laughs) I would raise my own hand here, but... if you're an asshole, (laughs) I will date you. Yes, exactly. So, at the age of 16, in 1921, she married a man by the name of Charlie Braggs. Um, They worked together at a linen factory, and her dad was all about the marriage. He condoned it. He thought it was great. So, after only four months of knowing each other, they got married. And Braggs, he was an only child to an unwed mother, Mm. who turned out to be very controlling, just like Nanny's dad. Mm. So much so, she insisted that Nanny and Charlie live with her after their marriage. 
Total mama's boy. Those are the oh, worst. Yeah, so here they are, newlyweds, moving in with her mother-in-law. Well, Braggs' mother took up most of his time. And she was, I mean, even to the point where she wouldn't even let Nanny's own family come and visit them at her house. Wow. I, I don't even have words for that. I know. I mean, that's controlling to the next level. That's yeah. crazy. But nonetheless, Nanny and Charlie, they went on to have four daughters between the years of 1923 and 1927. You've got to think. Here we have, you know, Nanny at the age of 18, starting to have kids, yeah. living with a controlling mother. So by the time she has her fourth daughter, she's heavily, heavily drinking. Mm-hmm. And Charlie is too. I mean, my God, could you imagine being young and, you know, stuck living with your mother-in-law, saddled with children? Can you imagine? I would drink too. (laughs) I'm going to say, like, I mean, even, I I can't imagine. I'm I'm almost 38. I have a soon-to-be 12-year-old, and sometimes... I want to drink myself crazy just dealing with that. So I can't imagine. I mean, the stress that she Mm -hmm. had to have been under. And that was just an escape. I mean, as it is for a lot of people, you know, in those types of situations. But, oh, my God. I I can't imagine what that was like. Nanny and Charlie both were unhappy in the marriage. They both accused each other of cheating. But Charlie would go off and just disappear for days on end. Now, I thought I had heard that Nanny would do that, too. That was in a different marriage. Oh. (laughs) So, this first one, it was Charlie that would go off for days on end. Nobody would know where he was. And his mother would always defend him and take up for him. He was out screwing around. Yes, exactly. And she was crazy and controlling, but what she did was never wrong. But she chastised Nanny for everything of and course. made her feel like she was just... Because her son was the golden child and he could do no wrong. Exactly. And, yeah. So oh can God. you imagine being, I mean, what, 22, getting beat down every day by your mother-in-law with four kids, having a husband who's running around on you and you know it and there's nothing you can do about it? I can't even begin to think of how I would have handled a situation like that. I mean, I'm pretty sure... I would probably want to kill him. (laughs) If I I didn't kill myself, like, in this situation, I mean, or I would have ran off. I don't know. It's not a reason to kill, but I would feel like I want to. Yeah. You know? 1927, unexpectedly, the two middle daughters die. Now, it's suspected that they die of food poisoning. Nobody really knows. I've read reports where Charlie says he come home and both the girls were sick. And he also, I have heard that he, I I don't know if you've seen this, but like he said that their skin turned black. Yes. Yes. Their skin turned black. They were writhing in pain. You know, they took them to the doctor and it was, well, it was just food poisoning. That was that. Okay. I mean, that's basically nothing was suspected. Nothing was wrong. Nanny and Charlie collected $500 insurance. Life yeah, insurance she had on taken each. out life insurance yes. policies on both mm-hmm. girls yep. before they died. So she got $500 on each. Now, someone, I have 
tried to figure out who supposedly anonymously warned Charlie not to eat any food made by Nanny when she was in a bad mood. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what that's what it says. So at that point, when he hears that, Charlie takes their oldest daughter, Melvina, and leaves mm-hmm. newborn Florine at home with Nanny. Which is horrible. I, I still don't understand how you can take one of them, and especially a newborn, leave the newborn behind. That Right? I, I could never wrap my head around that. I'm like, why would you leave your most vulnerable, vulnerable child yes. yeah. behind? Mm-hmm. Maybe he thought, okay, I can't care for her, That's you know. Possible. But still, like, if you really think your wife's a killer... You probably should take all your kids. Exactly. Not only that. I mean, if somebody's already told you, look, when she's pissed off, do not eat what she right? cooks. And I just wonder, like, who would do that? Who <laughs> did she say something to someone like, "Oh, he's gonna be sorry he messed with me. He's gonna eat this," and you know, like, how does that even get out there? Yeah. He takes their oldest daughter and leaves. Well, Nanny and their youngest daughter stay, and they stay in the house with his mom. <laughs> Such an ideal living situation. <laughs> the mom the two that nanny women who hate each other. I was gonna say yes. The mom that nanny already hates. Well, guess what? Shocker! She turns up dead not long after he leaves. Like a few months later, yes. she's dead. So in 1928, Charlie and nanny they get divorced, and that same year, Charlie returns with their oldest daughter Melvina and a new love interest. Yeah, she's a widow. Uh, has another chi- another child. So, he returns into town. Basically like, look, I got my new bitch. So, <laughs> take our daughter back because I'm like peacing out, you know. So, so, he brought the oldest daughter back and left her? Yes. Yes. Because he had this new girl. <sighs> I hate men <laughs> that do that. That always... Yeah. Men who will choose a woman over their child, I swear. I mean, basically, it was like, look, she's cramping my style, so you can have her back now, because I yeah. got this new this new hot chick, so I'm ready to move on with my life. So, Nanny takes both of the daughters, and she moves back in with her parents. She gets a job at a local cotton mill to try to help make ends meet and whatever mm-hmm. and take care of the daughters. Well, not too long after that, she meets her second husband, Frank Harrelson. And guess how she meets him? Through the Lonely Hearts column. Uh, I should have known. (laughs) So, Frank, he comes off as this, like, sweet, romantic. You know, he's writing her poetry to try to woo her now. Wow. Look, somebody writes me a poem, I'm probably going to be like... Red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like, something ain't right. Something right here, you know, but no. Nanny, after all those years. Because she was so obsessed with romance, she ate it up. She thought that it was just, you know, she was over the moon. She probably thought, you know, she found her knight in shining armor. Oh, yeah. He's writing poetry. This was her fairy tale about to come true. Well, and I I read that she responded to his poems with, like, you know, nudes and, like, naked pictures. (laughs) Damn Back in the day, too. <laughs> yeah, so he's over here being like, you know, like all suave and stuff. And she's, <laughs> she's like, like, here's my boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so they got, actually, they got married in 1929. Well, it wasn't long after that that it went to shit yet again. Oh, great. 
He was a raging alcoholic with a very hostile temper. So he would get violent? Well, yes. And one thing she didn't know when she married him was that he already had a record of assault from before. Now, despite all of this, they actually stayed married for 16 years. Oh, my God. I don't know how she refrained from killing him. I was going to say, that's a long time for her to be in a, that, a, a relationship like that and not kill him. It is a very long time, yes. Hmm. 1943 rolls around, and Nanny's oldest daughter, Melvina, she gave birth to a son, Robert Lee Haynes. Shortly after... Followed by him, she gave birth to a daughter in 1945. So, Nanny, you know, being the sweet, loving mother that she is, she goes to the hospital, you know, to help her daughter and try to do what she can. And despite her daughter being exhausted from labor Mm -hmm. and high on ether, she has this vision, this memory, premonition, whatever you want to call it, of her mother taking a hat pin and stabbing her daughter in the head with it and killing her. So, one thing that I figured, I'm like, what's a hat pin? Trying oh, to figure you don't out know what a hat pin. Well, is. I figured it out. It's huh? like a fucking dagger. Yeah, that they used to pin their through their hats. Cuz yeah. I'm thinking like a bobby pin. Mm-hmm. No. This thing is long and it's sharp. And I'm like, what in the hell? But it wasn't just a, a a dream. No. So Melvina asked, you know, she asked her husband and her sister, who's also there, where's my baby? What happened? And they don't really have any explanation other than your baby died. You know, we know this. The baby's dead. We did see your mom with it, with a hat pin, but we can't prove anything. And the doctors are like, well, we don't have any definitive explanation either. I mean, but... Oh, so... I, I mean, to me, this is You like, would think that looking at the baby, yes. you would be able to see the injury to you the head. Think. And that's... I kept telling myself, surely they would know. But I'm like, this is 1943. There's probably not a lot of grandmas out there killing their newborn grandchildren. But they would have to know there would be some sort of foul play involved. I mean, a <sighs> newborn child is not going to have... A stab wound through their head. That's... But they're so... The pictures I saw, they were so long and so narrow. That maybe it didn't leave You could have stabbed it right in the soft spot. And maybe they didn't know. I don't know. (sighs) That's just crazy. Well... Either way, this led to Melvina and her husband. They started arguing. They drifted apart. And she starts dating a soldier. Mm. Well, Nanny is not happy. She does not like this at all. At all. So one day... Maybe you shouldn't have killed her baby (laughs) and they'd still be happy. Right? That's what I'm saying. So one day, they get into a really big fight. And Melvina actually leaves... To go visit her dad, and she leaves her son, little Robert Lee, with Nanny. Oh, that's smart. I'm thinking, like, if I thought I saw my mom kill my child, I'm not going to leave my other child with her. I don't know. What the hell is wrong with people? 
I mean, this is the 40s. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're all batshit crazy. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's my only explanation. So she leaves. She goes to visit her dad. Well, when she returns, shocker, she learns that her son Robert is now dead. Oh, my God. An autopsy is done, and it is ruled as asphyxia, but due to unknown causes. Well, it's not natural, obviously. He's two! Yeah, there's there's no natural cause for a two-year-old to suffocate. Oh, my God. Not even two months later, after he died, Nanny collected a $500 life insurance policy that she had taken out on Robert. Red flag! <laughs> Huge red flag! Uh, I mean, I just... I mean, who... I mean, okay, like, this is the 40s, but taking out... A life insurance policy on your grandchild's a little sus. Uh, major <laughs> sus. Yes, exactly. All right, so September 15th, 1945. Nanny's married still to her second husband. You know, he's super abusive, raging alcoholic, blah, 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 blah. This is the end of World War II. World War II. Mm-hmm. So he's been out all night just living it up with his guy friends, drinking, doing who knows what else. Right. So, he comes home. Well, he tries to get a little something-something from Nanny. <laughs> and she ain't having it. Well, he rapes her. Oh, no. That's not okay. Well, and I know some people be like, but that's her husband. I, no. no. No means no. Okay? No I don't care no. who you are, how long we've been married. If I don't want to, then no. Exactly. And so, he had this weird habit where he would dig up holes and he would hide moonshine. <laughs> I'm not really sure why. Whatever. I mean, you know, Frank was obviously a little weird dude. So, well, Nanny remembers that he had hidden one in her rose garden. Uh-oh. So, she goes out. She digs that shit up. She's like, I'll fucking teach him. <laughs> she laces that shit with a metric ton of rat poison. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not enough to make you sick or maybe to make you die like in a week or so. But she fills that shit up with rat poison. <laughs> you would think he would taste it if there was that much. Well, and you know, and that's what I thought I mean, too, unless I'm he's like, already, you know, hammered and decides to go dig it up. And this is moonshine in the 1940s. Probably made out of a radiator that already tasted <laughs> like shit. <laughs> That was my best guess is like... It already tasted really It nasty. already tasted really, really bad. So he just like, you know... I thought, this is an extra crappy batch, but you know. <laughs> yeah, gets drunk, whatever. So, you know, it's presumed that he dies of food poisoning. Nanny, she's not <laughs> suspected at all. She goes on, well, she gets $2,000 from his life insurance policy. <laughs> so she's just, you know, living the life on all this, you know, insurance money oh, yeah. or whatever. So, here we go again. The Lonely Hearts Column. Nanny uh, meets her third husband, Arlie Lanning. He's from Lexington, North Carolina. I thought you were going to say Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> when I was reading it, that's, I was like, oh, I was so excited. Well, she meets him. Three days later, they're married. Three days later. What the hell? I mean, at least take a little bit more time to get to know somebody. If you're you searching don't. for Romeo, you need more than three days to figure out if he's Romeo. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at your last two marriages. But, I mean, especially your last one that tried to woo you with poetry and right? then turned out to be a total piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, 
You need a little more time, Nanny. Learn from your past. <laughs> she was just so hell-bent, I think, on just finding Mr. Wright. She was like, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. You know, she was just giving everybody and anybody a chance. <laughs> basically. So, she moves to North Carolina, and she leads this life, a public life, of a respectable married woman, a doting wife. She joins the church, becomes an active member of the Methodist church there in town. For all accounts, everyone thought she was just sweet and this just wonderful woman. Yeah. Because... Sweet, caring... That's what they saw. Loved Jesus. <laughs> yeah, from the outside. And that's kind of what she looked like, you know? Yeah. So, she went on. And, you know, it was pretty widely known that Arlie liked the prostitutes in town. Oh, my God. See, you, that's why you spend more than three days with somebody before you marry yes, them. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, people felt sorry for her, even before anything happened. They're like, oh, here's this sweet lady, and she's married to this guy, but he's like, loves the whores, and, you know, they felt sorry for her, not well, knowing what she was hiding. Mm-hmm. That's okay. She'll take care of him when she finds out. Well, when Arlie suddenly died, you know, <laughs> after days of vomiting and dizziness and other symptoms, no one even batted an eye. I just don't... Uh, like, and you know, I people think, are dropping like flies around this woman. But they probably, and that's what I'm thinking. How? Do, but they probably didn't know about her history because she this moved. was she so moved, different. and this was before you know Facebook and news traveled yeah, yeah. so quickly. You know, but, I mean, and before not, she even left town, like from where she was previously, I mean. She had children that had died. She right. had a mother-in-law drop dead. She had grandkids die. But she's not going to volunteer that information. Oh, oh, that's true. You know? So, they're probably like, oh, you know. Like, I mean, they even said that the police officers just treated her just so kindly. Basically, you know, just with kid gloves. Oh, my God. She was given support and sympathy. She even told people. He was he was fine until I fed him his prunes that morning. His prunes. <laughs> I gave him his prunes with cream for breakfast, and then after that he got sick. Yeah, well, hello. Poison. Well, she collected fifteen hundred dollars from his death. She is living large, nanny. <laughs> Back in the day, that is a lot. That's a lot of money in the forties. Shit, I'd like to have fifteen hundred right now. <laughs> Buy me a flight to somewhere. I don't know. I don't know what Nanny did with it, but she was doing something with it. So after Arlie died, Nanny learned that he actually had wheeled their house to his sister. Oops. Big mistake. <laughs> so Nanny packed up her shit, which, you know, wasn't much, but she took her TV. That was <laughs> That was the main thing. And she left town. Well, Within hours of her leaving, the house was nothing but ashes. Of course Imagine it was. Damn, she's savage. So, where do you think little old sweet little nanny went? I have no idea. Arlie's mom's. <gasps> yeah. To her mother-in-law? She went to her mother-in-law's house in a neighboring town. You know, she was playing the poor, pitiful widow. She's going to stay oh, there yeah, for a while. Died and my house burnt down. And Exactly. So, a few weeks later, the insurance check comes and, you know, it's made out to Arlie, but it's supposed to go to his sister. 
Well, before any of this can transpire, Arlie's mom suddenly dies. No. Yes. My God. Nanny takes the check that's supposed to go to the sister mm-hmm. and illegally cashes it. And Pulling flees. a little Dorothea there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> she flees town. Heads back to Alabama. See her family. Oh. What, what family's left? <laughs> well, she has her sister that's left. Who has been... Now, granted, the sister has been ill mm-hmm. and, quote, bedridden. Still haven't been able to figure out what was wrong with the sister exactly. Yeah. But within just days of Nanny's arrival, she kicks the fucking bucket, too. <laughs> oh. I mean... Now, she had been sick, yes. But... Yeah, but how convenient for her to die so soon after Nanny comes to town. Well, and... Nanny moves on like, no big deal. Oh, my, my only living oh, sibling just died. So what am I going to do? I'm going to join a dating service. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Diamond Circle Club, it was called. Still looking for Prince Charming. Yep. So this is how she meets husband number four. Jesus. Richard Morton. To her credit, Richard is somewhat different than the rest of them. He's a retired salesman from Kansas. He was handsome. He was well-to-do. And he actually treated Nanny well compared to the others. Now, that's not saying much since the others, you know, cheated and raped her and, you know, shit like Drank that. Heavily, so, yeah. yeah, it didn't take much to be better. Right. But he was better. Well, at this same time, Nanny's mom is like, hey, look, I'm coming to live with you. Oh, God. She throws a big wrench in Nanny's plans. (laughs) So, little Lou comes on down to live with Nanny and Richard. Well, that didn't last too long. Within days of Lou being there, she becomes ill and dies. She killed her own mother? She did. Nanny had poisoned her own mother as well. Damn, Nanny. And here's little unassuming Richard who never... Never. Who knows nothing Nothing. About. Nothing. Never knows he's going to be the next victim. Oh Thinks God. his mother-in-law just died, you know, from old age or whatever. Three months after Nanny's mom died. Mm-hmm. Nanny's like, hey, Richard, come on, let me make you this really good breakfast. Whatever, she said. Who knows? Richard sits down for his morning coffee, never knowing it would be his last. And he wasn't even a bad guy. Like, no. I can, I, can, I mean, mm he was no. a good guy to her. Like, he he was decent to her. At this point, I don't think she's looking for Mr. Wright anymore. I she's, think she's just looking for her next paycheck. Well, and when she was accused of that being her motive, that, is, they say, is the only time she showed any actual emotion. emotion of being mad is when she was accused of doing all this for money. Well, why the hell else would she do it? To I find mean, Mr. Wright, she said... For her perfect well, love. Well, this one was really nice to her, so. <laughs> and it's quoted as him, he realized, shit, she's poisoned me. You know, he goes mm-hmm. to the hospital. And his last words were, I shouldn't have had that second cup of coffee. That was his last words. <laughs> so, you know, sweet little nanny, she added her special touch of love, some poison. Banked in another $1,500 in life insurance. Oh, my God. You know, goes on about life. Not, but, okay, before Richard had even died, 
She's probably already in personal ads. <laughs> she had already been searching for husband number five. Oh my God. She had connected with, this is where she gets her new famous last name, Samuel Doss. He was from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He probably wasn't one of the best, not the worst, mm -hmm. but, you know, he was very conservative and he just, uh, Nanny just didn't like that, that he tried to, you know, control certain things about her. As because she had enough of that growing up with her yes, dad. Yes, exactly. So she didn't take too well to that at all. And she actually just up and moved back to Alabama. Oh, so she didn't kill him? Well, just wait. Yet? <laughs> yeah, wait. Just wait. Poor little Richard. He begged. He pleaded for Nanny to come back. He loved her. You know, I love you. Please come back. I'll do anything. Uh, he said, I, you know, I promise I'm going to loosen up. I'll be less strict. You can spend more money. You know, I'll take out life insurance and you'll be, ding, the, ding, benef ding. <laughs> you'll be the beneficiary. Nanny returns. She makes him a special prune cake. Oh. Yes. But he doesn't die. Okay? Really? He doesn't die. No, he gets sick the next day. He spends weeks in the hospital. <laughs> but he recovers and he gets to go home. <laughs> She's probably like, God damn, damn it. This motherfucker won't die. <laughs> I'll have to double dose it next time. <laughs> uh, well, she makes sweet little Richard a little cup of coffee with some arsenic in it. He ought to know better than to take anything from her <laughs> at this point. And he just died a few hours later. So... You know, he got sick and went to the hospital. Well, mm -hmm. just so happened, the same physician that treated him before was uh -huh. working. And he's like, something doesn't add up here. Yeah. So, when he died, someone finally ordered an autopsy. Finally! After all these people. Yeah. That pretty much sealed Nanny's fate. And, you know, they found all they found this the poison. arsenic in his system. So, the Oklahoma authorities arrested her on suspicion of murder. I mean, they still couldn't prove it at this right. point, you know. She was arrested, and she was very odd in her demeanor. And you would think someone that's killed this many people would be either very upset that, you know, they're caught or just just very stoic. Well, Nanny's basically just flirting like a schoolgirl. I need my next husband. <laughs> I don't know if she thought she was going to get away with it or, or what, but they said she was just flirting and giggling and just with all the police officers, all of them. So, you know, normally when you're interrogating somebody, the police will be like, you know, do you need mm -hmm. anything? Uh -huh. What can I get you? Some people might say, oh, I want some food or I want a cigarette. I you want know, a piece of that sweet ass. Well, guess what <laughs> Nanny asked for? The newest edition of the Romantic Hearts magazine. <laughs> Swear to God. I gotta get my next <laughs> personal ad put in. Yes. I mean. <laughs> and they, when they gave it to her, she became so enthralled with it. She wouldn't even hardly talk to them. Like, at all. She's crazy. Because she was so into it. So, they took the magazine away from her. Ooh, and then, her uh, she was finally like, yeah, okay, well, you know, I killed, I killed Samuel. Yes, you know. Okay. Whatever. You want to know why I killed him? Because that motherfucker wouldn't let me watch my favorite TV show. And in the summer, <laughs> I couldn't turn on a ceiling fan. And she's laughing the whole time. She's talking about this. She's just like, yep, I did it. Whatever. Who cares? 
I killed him. It is what it is. Yeah. After that, they took her magazine back away. But they're like, you know, trying to get more information out of her about the other dead people. And she wouldn't talk to them. And she says, well, if you give me my magazine back again, then I'll tell you everything you want to know. Oh, my God. She got her magazine. And she went on to confess, killing three. She's like a child. She is. She is like a child. Like trying to bargain, you know. Well, if you give me my toy back. Right. Then I'll tell you what you want to know. Yeah. Well, she went on to confess to killing the other three husbands. But when she's confessing to these other crimes, she's also still just giggling hysterically. They said, the police said they've never seen anything like it. Someone that is just so, like, jovial, just laughing and just a little child talking about it. Like it was nothing that she'd killed all these men. Almost as if she thought they deserved it. I'm telling you, her head injury as a child had to have had some effect some on her brain effect. That... because you know your personality sits i think it's in the frontal lobe yeah and if that was damaged mm-hmm. which she hit it on the seat in front of her on the metal mm-hmm. bar so that's right there yeah so i mean if she damaged that frontal lobe i mean yeah her personality is she's fucked yeah that's probably why she thought everything was so funny right like she laughed at everything at everything Everything. I mean, they, even when she any... talked about the details, they said she just laughed hysterically. I mean, it's more that, I think to me, that's more than just being crazy. That I think that may possibly stem from the head injury of yeah, the child. I think so, too. It's not an excuse, of course. No, no but not a pass I think or that not an excuse, but... Is part of what led her mm-hmm. down this path. And reading those, you know, fake romance novels leading oh her to believe that there was a... I mean, she's probably already brain damaged. Yeah. And she gets into reading all this stuff. And right. Thinking there's a knight in shining armor out yes. there that's going to rescue me and mm-hmm. he's going to be everything I want. And he's not going to drink and he's not going to rape me and he's not going to disappear and he's not going to tell me what I can and can't watch. Mm-hmm. And He's going to be perfect. Sorry, Nanny, but there is no that's one perfect. Exactly. So, even though she confessed to killing the three of the Mm ex-husbands, you know, the one he somehow survived, luckily. But she says, quote, I didn't kill any of my blood kin. So, she still will not admit Admit to to killing her kids, her grandkids. Yes. And uh, her mom. mom. Yes. Now... Technically, that could still mean she killed her mother-in-law because yeah, she I was gonna said say, blood did she kin. Ever, um, she never admitted to that either. What about her? Yeah, no. Not the mother-in-law or, um, you know, any of her quote-unquote blood kin. Mm-hmm. So after she admitted to killing, you know, the husbands, they um, actually did, you know, exhumed the eight other bodies God. that she was suspected, suspected. of killing. Yeah. The mother, her mother, mm-hmm. and the three ex-husbands all tested positive for poison. poison. Yes, they were poisoned. And the rest of them all showed signs of being smothered. So, that kind of contradicts about the daughters, you mm-hmm. know, and their food poisoning. Mm-hmm. But it could have been, because that was her first that we know of kill. So, yeah. it could have been a combination where she gave them a little poison and didn't kill them. So, she smothered their asses. True. You know, I, I don't know. Um, and at this point, this is when officers accused her of doing it for money. And she basically just 
lost it and was like, no, you know, that's not why I did it. And I think know, you're full of shit, Nanny. Uh, I think she did it for many reasons. Oh, yeah. Money, money being one. one of them. I think it's just one of the, you know. Yes, money being one of them for sure. Her last husband, Samuel, that was actually the only murder that she was ever actually convicted of. Really? Yeah. So, in um, 1955, she pled guilty to murder of him, and she was sentenced to life in prison. Hmm. Ten years later, she dies of leukemia. Oh. How old was she when she died? Do we know? Um, she would have been only... So, let's see. She was uh, born in... 50. She would have been 40... No. She would have been 59. 59. Mm. Uh, Because she would have turned... 60 that year because she was born in 1905 yeah so she was i mean pretty young you know mm-hmm. but um which i mean leukemia well i mean back then medicine wasn't what it is now so mm-hmm. there probably weren't decent treatments yeah so that is the giggling granny oh giggling granny she was a piece of work uh, like yeah I mean, I thought Dorothea was bad, but I mean, I mean <laughs> I think, she was pretty bad, but damn, I think nanny. the Giggling Granny may have, little Nanny Doss may have Dorothea beat. Possibly. I mean, just who they're both your pretty kids savage. and your grandkids. I know. Which, yeah, Dorothea just gave her some <laughs> Right? I mean. I mean, she killed some, some men that, you know, she was supposed to marry or whatever, buries them in the yard, but dang. Nanny. Killing babies. She also had some other names, which I found. Um, the Lonely Hearts Killer. Yes, that was the other one that I couldn't think of. That was another one. There was a couple more. But she was mostly known as the Giggling Granny. That yeah, when I first heard one. of her, that was how she was referred to, was the Giggling Granny. There was a couple more. Well, they called her the Black Widow. Yeah, that Lady was Bluebeard. Oh, I hadn't heard that one. Hmm. Lady Bluebeard. I wonder why they would call her that. I don't know. Bluebeard was a pirate, right? Yeah. I don't know. That the Jolly be... Black Widow. The, that was the other one. I knew there was one something <laughs> about a Black Widow something. The Jolly, that's right. The Jolly Black Widow. But she, like, if you just look at her, she's like a little Mrs. Claus. Like, just a little plump and these little round yeah. cheeks. And I mean, would... she had this sweet little face. Yes. You never would have known. No! I just see hmm. her, you know, in the kitchen just whipping up shit. Yeah. Like just being a sweet little old lady. Looks are deceiving. Uh, so Blue Mountain is now known as Aniston. There you go. Aniston. You gotta think of Jennifer Aniston. Okay. I knew that they, that I read that it wasn't even called that anymore. Yep. So we're going to have to look up and see if that's anywhere near all the other. No, that was in Georgia where all the crazy shit with the hellier stuff, right? In Georgia. Was it Georgia? Wasn't it? They had another. I don't know. We're getting on a tangent here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're really good at that. Well, I hope you guys really liked hearing about little Nanny. And yes. I don't know who we're going to. Does Heather, I, do you have any idea who next week's going to be? I have kind of an idea of who I may talk about next week. But I'll have to do a little more research before mm-hmm. I know for sure. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. A little ideas. Okay. I'm excited. Oh, we didn't talk about what we're drinking tonight. This is true. We're basic bitches tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have a Mike's 
harder lemonade. And I'm drinking a Smirnoff Seltzer, one of the zero sugar, the blood orange. It's pretty good if you like that kind of thing. I do really like White Claws, but... I find seltzer disgusting. <laughs> Ugh. This one probably isn't my favorite, but if you're just trying to get drunk, it is 8% alcohol, so nice. there so is that. Yes, yeah, the harder <laughs> lemonade. I didn't know there was, a di like, I always knew of the hard lemonade, but not the harder. So this one is also 8% alcohol instead of, I think, the regular ones are 5 Five, usually, right? Yes, yes. So we're just some basic bitches tonight. Little Scarlet sitting here on the floor just staring at us like... Being good for the most part. For the most this part. This week, thank goodness. Yes. So we look forward to seeing you guys next week. And I hope you tune in then. Have a good night, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye.